Good, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J2. Follow your boy on IG. On my IG page is the podcast page that is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Castbox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many, many more. You will get notifications like the episode you are currently listening to becomes available. All right, all right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Friday, June 3rd. And y'all know what we're going to get into. First things first, got to introduce my guests. First, say what's up to the people. What is going on, everybody? No, y'all, I know we're going to update y'all what it is. All right, so today's Friday. We got the Friday pie, and then we'll come back with the Monday pie. All right, and the Monday pie will be out a lot earlier. I apologize for the lateness of this pie, but I had to get some stuff done. But I promise y'all, we would not miss every game. We'll be reviewed every game, all right? You ready to talk and break this game down, brother? Yes, sir. All right, so the Boston Celtics won. And that's not even enough of a story to to just say the Boston Celtics won. Um, The Boston Celtics won last night. Defeating the Golden State Warriors one twenty to one hundred eight. Right, we'll break down the the in uh, in between parts of the game in a second. Let me just run some stats off real quick. Uh, one twenty to one hundred eight. Boston wins, defeating Golden State. Uh, Tatum finishes with a very strange line: twelve points, thirteen assists, five rebounds, one of five from the three point line, and three out of seventeen from the field goal. Tate, uh, Horford. 9 out of 12 from the field goal, 6 out of 8 from the three-point line, 26 points. Robert Williams was solid with 8-6. and six. Uh, Marcus Smart played really well, as I thought he would. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Jalen Brown, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 out of 23. Really sparked a big second-half comeback. But to me, one of the biggest players of the game and one of the Maybe MVPs for game one besides Horford. Got to go with Derek White, man. 21 points, 5 out of 8, uh, 1 rebound, 3 assists. All right, now, I get, I set you all up with that, but that doesn't tell the story. Okay, so this game went a lot of different places. So we always say that the biggest adjustment was going to be the Celtics playing the Warriors offense from going against Milwaukee and Miami, which are pretty much vanilla offenses. One with Milwaukee missing Chris Middleton. And with Miami just not being the same explosive team without Tyler Hero being full strength. Yep. So, you know, the thing about Golden State offense is it's a hub. It's a lot of off-the-ball movements, a lot of cut, cutting, a lot of read and reaction. It's a lot going on in this offense, and it's imperative for you to stay connected. Dog, Steph Curry's had five threes in the first quarter, right? Yep. Yeah, so, like, I mean, and listen, the defensive player of the year along with some big men, were just making horrible read reactions. It was just miscommunication at the point. Now, the one thing I'll give Boston credit for, Golden State completely outplayed him in the first quarter. The Warriors were only up by four. That was telling. All right? So in the second quarter, the Celtics roared back. The law of averages starts to play better to them. And they hit a lot of threes. I think they hit over 18 threes in this game. Um, now, you remember, they hit um, – the Mavericks hit over 23s in the game, and I believe that the Celtics are a little bit better shooting team in the Mavs, but not even a better shooting team. More importantly, they're better defensively. And I do think as this game wore on, uh, the, the Celtics defense started to wear on the uh, Warriors. 
Um, the Warriors were back in the third quarter, though. They hit a huge third quarter outscoring the Celtics 38-24. to 24. Um, Curry was getting active. Wiggins was perking up. They really was getting it, and you thought they would put the game away. I think at one point the league got to, what, uh, 15 at one point? 16. 16. Thank you, brother. And so you're thinking, yo, this fourth quarter, they're going to turn it around. Listen, the Celtics went on a 17 nothing run. Hold on. That doesn't tell the story. They outscored the Warriors 40-16. to I texted French at the end of the game, like, yo, did you just see that? Like, I don't even – it took me almost six to seven hours to process what happened because I'm still at a loss. And that was just crazy. I mean, listen, you got to give credit where credit is due for the Celtics fighting back, but two things happened, all right? So, one, I do think the Celtics just caught fire from three. Now, the shots that Derek White and Al Horford were taking, listen, they're fine shooters. Horford – Horford is a pretty good shooter. Derek White is not a good shooter, but he was hot. And he's been playing well. you got to factor that in. Even if he's not a great shooter, he's playing with confidence. But I don't think that's sustainable. But what is sustainable is, yo, they won a game they shouldn't have. In the finals, everything counts. What counts more than winning a game you had no business winning? Uh, I'm going to give it off to you, though, man. All right. So, a couple things here. Like, initial just thoughts, right? So, I think as I think I – along with some other folks, made uh, put a little bit too much stock into the fact that Boston, quote-unquote, had nobody with finals experience, right? Yeah. Because there's one player in particular that I over I overlooked, and that was Al Horford. Because while Al Horford, this is his first time in the finals, ain't his first time playing big games in basketball, right? Oops. Two times, back-to-back. Only player in modern history to go back-to-back national champion yeah over 140 nba playoff games i mean come on yeah so i didn't take into account the fact that al horford we should have kind of thrown out what happened in the playoffs this is big game Al. this is who he's proven to be if you go back to college go back to high school because this is his first time in the final so we had no other you know uh nothing to work with so al horford played amazing right now i will say this too Jason Tatum did something that Luka Doncic was not able to do. And that's really work a double-digit assist game, right? If people remember, when we talked about Dallas versus Golden State, I kept telling people the 40-point Luka games, don't, it's not going to beat Golden State. That's what they want their stars to do, drop that 40. Right. Well, Jason Tatum, he tried to drop it. He just was missing shots, right? Right. But – he stayed in the game and became effective in other ways, which is what right. great players do, especially in the finals. Listen, finals MVP isn't won in game one, okay? Got to win four. So he threw out a – this is a bad performance for Tatum in, in terms of in scoring. I don't expect him to ever do this again in the finals this season. But the assist, because that, like you said, Derek White, big minutes, 30, 32 minutes, big minutes, making shots. Yep. Playing defense, getting deflections, getting steals, getting assists. You had a great game down the stretch from Al. I mean, what Al Horford did down the stretch was absolutely amazing. This man yep. was absolutely on fire in the fourth quarter. Yep. And then for Marcus Smart to basically be benched on the fourth quarter and then to come in cold with three minutes left and hit two threes to kind of clinch the game for Boston. Right. Everything was working except for Jason Tatum. So, 
and I think there was a great – oh, one other guy. Peyton yeah. – Josh and I talked about this before the preview for a hot second, yep. right? We, Different listen, series for him. I, I can't stress this to you enough. Peyton Pritchard is not as good as he looked in game one of the NBA Finals, right? He's, a, he's an NBA project. He ain't look like no project in game one, Josh. Right. In them 18 minutes, he looked like not only did he belong, he outplayed Jordan Poole. Yep. Um, now, do I think yeah. this is something that can happen three more times for Boston? No. Do I think that means Boston can't win the series now? No. Because I think the winning game one is huge, right? Yep. Because now all of uh, – we'll, we'll get to the Golden State breakdown, but I just want to say – all of the pressure now shifts to Golden State for not just game two, but game two, game three, and game four. Because they have to win two of the next three. Right. Otherwise, I'll be the first one to admit, oh, it's a wrap. Right. If it gets to Boston being up, going back to Boston for game six, it's over just, just on the strength alone of – you and I, as sports historic, like sports like fanatics, you know what the city of Boston is like in closing time. Right. So, you know, Draymond kind of sat up there, you know, after the game, and I don't know if you watched the, the press conferences, but he sat up there and said, you know, oh well, you know, we've won every, we've won at least one road game, all playoffs. I don't want to hear that. This isn't the playoffs anymore. Yeah, and that might be a good turn. So we got to do yeah. a game inside the game part. All right. So, a couple things I noticed. One, besides Curry going bonkers, there really wasn't a second consistent score. Oh, now, that's not fair. That's not fair. Andrew Wiggins. No, Wiggins hold on. Really Z, well. Hold on. Let me finish. Andrew Wiggins missed a lot of wide-open threes in the first and second half. He started playing more aggressive in the second half and finished with 20 points. But for the first half, it was basically just Curry by himself with spots of different players. Okay. To me, the, most, the second best player – or the guy that gave you the most uh, with the least was probably Otto Porter hitting four threes. I you know? agree. Otto Porter played really well offensively. Now, a second thing. Listen, this, this, this team that the Warriors have is too good to not play certain people. And I said before, I thought that Jonathan Kaminga could have a really big series and Moses Moody. Listen, respect to Clay and Draymond, but again, if these guys aren't getting it done, and especially Draymond, dog, I'm going to have to sit you down for a second. So a big mistake that I think that Curry did was, one, the time he put Curry on the bench because Curry was hot, but two, I don't mind you playing Iguodala, but I don't think you can play Iguodala, Draymond, and Looney together or Iguodala and Draymond together. Well, hold on right there for a second, Jay, because I think that's a huge point that I don't want to miss which is the Steph Curry minutes. He played 38 minutes, right? Right. So that's 10 away from a full allotment of the game. So here's my thing. Do you think, because this is my opinion, I think Steve Curry, which is Steph Curry hates, he's going to have to switch up the substitution patterns in the second half especially because you can't let Steph run the whole third and then sit like three minutes, four minutes to start the fourth. I just don't think you can do that with the superstar in the modern day NBA in the final. Not when Boston's playing Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter to start the fourth. I mean, so then you got to decide what you want to do. Either you take him out midway through the third 
and you let Paul cook, or you're going to have to let him ride out the third and play into the fourth. Well, I would like to say you take him out midway through the third, but then that goes to your point. Somebody else has to really come along for the ride at the and guard you position. Think the Warriors broke the game open in the third quarter. And that's so, what I think they should have taken him out. I think when they got up to around yeah, 12. Yeah, you say that, but. I know, but, and that's, that's hindsight, right? Because I thought the game was over. That's me saying, looking at the outcome and saying, okay, you could have done this differently. I think I just think that some way you have to get him to play the entire four, even if that means sacrificing the minutes somewhere else. Right. I don't know where they – you just got to figure it out. Yeah, so a couple of things. Number two, we're not going to go over out this podcast any longer without talking about Draymond Green. Little dog, check this out. I understand that when you were healthy, you were the best defensive player in the league. I would have over everybody if he was healthy and played 82 games. You cannot be an offensive liability like you were in game one. I mean, four points, two out of 12 from the field goal line, zero out of four from the three-point line. You did contribute with 11 rebounds and five assists. But, dog, like, are you serious, man? Yeah, I mean, listen, it was beyond abysmal. Dog, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. It got so bad. He would get the ball right at the top of the key, right? Curry swings by him. I got to pass to him. Clay swings by him. I got to pass to him. They just stopped guarding him in the second half and said, shoot, do whatever you want. You're not a threat. And again, if he is not going to be aggressive and find some way to contribute as far as in the scoring department, I do think, I'm not talking about benching him, but you got to throw some other guys in there with him. Also, you're going to have to cut into the loony Draymond minutes. I understand how good defensively it is. It's killing you offensively. So you either go Draymond small, or what I would do is when Curry sits, I'll always make sure I play Looney. Well, I would still start Looney, but I would make sure I play Looney with Poole because I'm a very big swim player. He finished with nine points, but he played terrible, and his defense was terrible. Now, if you want to go for an encouraging thing in game two, I think Clay Thompson played fine. I don't think like the guys made him look like he couldn't compete out there. I thought he struggled getting to the rim, but, I mean, Clay Thompson getting to the rim isn't really the Warriors' key for success. So let's talk about things that the Warriors can do uh, to play better. So I think Jordan or, Poole is going to play better. Go ahead. What'd you say? Well, no, just real quick about the Draymond thing, too. I was just going to say it's not just the offense, too, Jay. It's the defense. I mean, he was the primary defender on because, like, they took Robert Williams out the game at one point and went small. Right. And it was him versus Horford, and he's getting cooked. Like, if he's getting cooked on the glass. He's getting like Horford, like you said, was he six to eight from the three point line? Yeah, I it wouldn't just, worry about that too much. Well, it's, I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, but he can hit days. open threes, though. He can still hit three a game. But it's just the fact of, I don't know that Draymond can, and this was my concern, is I don't know that Draymond, as great as he is, can guard. Al Horford is an old school, wide body big man that can, is also athletic, right? And I feel like when he – like, they were going in for a lot of rebounds in that fourth quarter, and he was getting a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of offensive tips. Yeah, but in the first three quarters, the Warriors were pretty decently out-rebounding the Celtics. That's another thing. That was when Robert Williams was on the – see, I think the Celtics realized something in the second half. You're going to start to see a lot less Robert Williams and Al Horford on the floor together after the first quarter just because I think it benefits Boston – because they can still have the length advantage, right? Even with Robert Williams on the bench with Derek White in the game. 
to still and Al Horford at the five to still control everything. And that's when they started really taking off was when Robert Williams really went to the bench. But right. when you keep him out there, then you allow Looney to stay in. Then them driving lanes that they use to kick, oh, those are gone because Looney and Robert Williams are just chilling in the paint. Right. Yeah, so a couple other things. Um, I thought Igor all together. Offensively, I think he has one open three, which is really big for him. He wasn't hesitant as a scorer. Um, so that's encouraging. Listen, but guys that I think need to play more. Otto Porter, if you're good as he says he is, he's got to go well over uh, 30 minutes to me. Um, I like to get Gary Payton Jr. in game two. And uh, I like to attack Jalen Brown's dribble, all right? I thought the Warriors did a pretty bad drive. Other than two times, I think Jalen uh, lost the ball to Draymond stealing a ball from him. But I thought for the most part, they were not persistent and up enough on Jalen Brown as far as his dribbling. And I thought he just got away with too much. And listen, he was the guy to ignite the Celtics, if we give the Celtics some credit. He was the guy, along with Jason Tatum's uh, passing, that really brought them back in that game. And then the fourth quarter came. The fourth quarter was just over. Uh, just an avalanche effect. Uh, go ahead, brother. Yeah, so I also – so one of the other keys, I think, to this for the Warriors and for Boston both is the physicality factor, right? Yep. You and I were talking during the game at one point. We were like, wow, the refs are really letting it go both ways. Yep. If it continues to get called like this, that's going to benefit Boston, okay? Um, I think the Warriors are going to have to do at a certain point, Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins are, and, and Draymond on defense can do this when he's fighting through screens. They're going to have to start forcing contact and forcing the referees to make calls because if the refs are going to show that they're going to call things both ways, if you force it early, even if you're getting called for the foul, you might get those calls later. Because I just think if you look at Draymond fouling out, even though the foul out's pointless, right, late in the fourth quarter. Right. But it, it, Steph Curry had foul trouble early. Clay was getting in some foul call, trouble. Wiggins was getting in foul trouble. So it's like when you look at who was getting in foul trouble for the Warriors versus for the Celtics, it was the bench players that were in foul trouble early. Right. And it's like, no, you have to – and I've always said this about teams like the Celtics. Yeah, they have one superstar surrounded with three really, really good players. Right. And then, you know, a budding decent player in Robert Williams. So it's like those other guys, you have to – maybe not Marcus Smart now because we saw what Derek White was doing. So maybe you attack Jalen Brown next game, like you said. Attack the handle – Start putting him in pick and rolls, maybe attacking the rim on him, getting pump fakes or something, seeing if some foul trouble situations, and see what Boston looks like with Derek White and Marcus Smart on the floor together, or like force Boston's hand, force their rotations. You know, right. attack attack Al Horford. That's the other thing; they have to make Al Horford work on defense. Well, he's a really Draymond good going. No, he is, but Draymond going two for twelve. That means that's that Warford did no that's work. That's my whole point of you got to throw another body in there. If Draymond's giving you garbage truck juice as far as the score, so, dog, I'm throwing. And all fairness, and all fairness, they threw in when they when that was happening. They threw in Otto Porter. Here's the problem: when Otto Porter came in the game, his plus minus was absolutely horrendous because what he gives you offensively and some, you know, he gives you some rebounds, 
and he will give you some jumpers. But what he gives you defense is terrible defensively. I mean, he's getting cooked, and it wasn't by Tatum. He's getting cooked by Jalen Brown, getting cooked by, you know, whoever they put him on. Al Horford, some possessions. So, yes, I do agree. Kaminga needs to get some minutes. And I'm going to say this about Jordan Poole. It's the finals, right, Jay? Mm-hmm. The Warriors got nothing but a bunch of hired guns on the bench. If Jordan Poole starts slow, he can't get 25, 30 minutes. It can't happen. Yeah. Because he's, like, unfortunately, it's not the regular season. So you can't wait. You can't allow him to start 0 for 6, hoping at some point he's going to go 5 for 5. Yeah. Not in the finals. So it's like if he starts 0 for 4, 0 for 5, you got to be looking on that bench and saying, all right, either I'm putting Steph back in or where's Moses Moody at? Right. Maybe not Moses. Not I wouldn't even necessarily go Moses Moody because I don't think he's a pure enough shooter. But see, I think that's if you really look at the crux of what the issue is for the Warriors right now, all those previous teams – had two guards that did things really, really well. Those previous Warriors team. They had Sean Livingston and they had Iguodala as the backup guards, right, as their main two. Those guys knew how to control the pace of a second unit to the point where it was like, we're going to hold on to leads. So even if we're giving up, you know, giving up some of the lead, we're not giving up a 15-point lead in a matter of like four minutes. And I think with Jordan Poole, sometimes that second unit goes too fast. And that was the thing about Boston. You're up 15. But if you start taking bad possession, then you're giving Boston an opportunity to get back in the game. I don't think the second team goes too fast. I just think his decision-making was bad. He had a turnover. He took two sloppy shots. He didn't look – He listen, this game one of the NBA finals, so I'm not going to kill him. Like, you should be nervous. That's perfectly normal. And him and Tatum. I thought Tatum was pretty hesitant, too, as a scorer, uh, even though he was great as a facilitator. But, again, I expect Poole to play better on Sunday. But if he doesn't, you got to go with the hook. But my thing is this. When you're up, and to me, when you got your guys in there, but just throw another guy in there. If you're up seven or eight points and you think, like, okay, if I put Wiggins at the four and Draymond at the five, I'm going to still be a good rebuilding team. So I trust him, too, and I'm going to either throw Kaminga or Moody in here and we're going to become more athletic because, to me, you got to put the pressure back on the Celtics to defend and feel your athleticism. Well, Curry is a great athlete. But even though you don't think the Warriors are this great athletic team, they actually are. They just have to give these guys minutes. And, again, if you talk about bridging the gap, this is not a conversation for today. Draymond has a contract coming up. You know, um, Poole has a contract coming up. There's a lot of decisions that are going to be made from these finals for better or worse, right? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So we need to figure out what other guys can do, you know, because there's some decisions that got to be made. And I think that's a good segue into the one other part of the games last night, which was coaching. Because if you look at Steve Kerr, to me, this was the first time in his playoff career where he looked like he got out, like for Dude, about I don't, I don't, seven I don't, minutes. I'm just, no, I don't no, for like seven that. minutes. No, for seven minutes, he was absolutely one. It's game one of the finals. The Warriors were up fifteen going into the fourth quarter. They had three timeouts. They called their first timeout when the lead got slashed down to seven. See, right. To me. You're already, no, no, not in the final. Like, 
My thing is this. Steve Kerr was coaching a great game. Fourth quarter comes along. You start seeing things happen. All right, you're letting them go. You're letting them go. You're letting them go. Timeout. But then he calls the timeout, and he puts – this was the lineup. The Warriors were still up at this point nine points. He brings Steph back in. He goes, Steph, Jordan Poole, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. That can never be a lineup on the floor. It just – it can't be because you put Draymond at the five. We know he's no offensive threat. You put Iggy at the four, essentially. or No, you put Wiggins at the four, whatever. But you put Iggy at the three. He's not an offensive threat. And then you have Jordan Poole and Steph, who essentially are doing the same thing on the floor, but Steph has better handles. It was just a mess. And it was like, meanwhile, you have Ime Adoka over here from Boston who says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I have the defensive player of the year. Right here next to me. I'm going to leave him on the bench. For nine minutes in the fourth quarter during this run. Yeah, I just because I just, this other guy's playing well. I, I don't I don't think Kerr got out coach. I think the Celtics came back, the words got a little bit complacent as they usually do, and the Celtics caught absolute fire. Now, the Warriors kind of either panicked or choked or just some word that you gotta use to see what happened to them in that fourth quarter. Cause forty to seventeen, even if you do lose to me, it's still unacceptable because like, okay. They punched you, and you might lose this game, but punch back. They are the like the Celtics. They fall apart too. Like everybody was like, "Oh, I thought the Celtics couldn't win a close game." Like hold off for a second. There's a lot of series left, but I didn't like how the Warriors responded once the Celtics got hot because you can you can beat them. I just felt like they just got a little overwhelmed in the moment. So I don't think it was coach. Like I said, that fourth quarter, guys were pulling and making shots that they don't even take. But here's my thing too, though. Because I hear a lot of people were blaming Steph Curry, right? Oh, he, he fell short in the fourth. It's not Steph, and here's why. Normally, I would come in and I would rip somebody like Steph for his performance in the fourth quarter of the finals. But I have to shoot him a whole lot of bail because Steph was doing what he was supposed to do in the fourth quarter. The problem is everybody on Boston yeah. started making – everybody on Boston started making shots mm-hmm. and – Nobody on the Warriors was coming along for that ride. Now, in the first quarter, in the second quarter, and in the third quarter, it wasn't an issue, right? Steph was getting – he was hitting them up in the first. Wiggins had a couple, you know, little mid-ranges. Second quarter, you know, Steph had the foul trouble, so he's in and out. Third quarter, Steph's lighting it up again. Wiggins is sprinkling them in. Clay hit a couple threes in the third. And then the fourth quarter – Steph's on the bench, but when he comes back in, he hits the runner. He makes a couple plays, right? He hits a mid-range, hits a runner. But it's like now nobody's coming along in the fourth quarter. There's no Wiggins. Clay's not doing Like, nobody was doing anything. And then everyone on Boston that was everybody was hitting it. And that's the Warriors' problem, which is why I say it goes back to coaching, too. This has always been notorious for the Warriors because it even happened in the Cleveland series years ago. When they are not making shots, oh, them brothers don't want to play no defense. They don't. They don't want to get back on transition the way they're supposed to. I don't want to – everybody keeps saying Boston wore them down. I don't think Boston wore them down. I think dudes were missing shots, 
not running back on defense, and Boston was getting wide open. Open look, and then in the fourth quarter, when you have Draymond playing the center, and there's there's just too many mismatches height wise. Boston was getting a lot of offensive rebounds, second, third attempts in the NBA. They shot fifty percent, Jay, from the three point line. Yeah, they hit twenty one out of forty one, man. Newsflash to everyone out there: Boston will win the series if they are going to shoot fifty percent from the three point line. Because they have too many other little advantages on the court that shooting isn't supposed to be one of them. All right, so let's do this. Let's wrap it up with this. We'll do your two, your one key for each team for game two, and I need your game two pick. Okay. You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you go first. All right, so for me, I am going to go with the Warriors in game two. All right, I think they're going to play – I think Steph's going to facilitate a little bit more, and I think Draymond's going to be on the move. I didn't see a ton of pick and roll with Draymond, and even though I don't believe in Draymond anymore as a shooter, I do believe him as going to the rim, uh, maybe not even finishing at the rim, but, but creating offense at the rim. Uh, you know, listen, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen going to the paint. It's not going to happen at the three-point line. So I think that's one. Two, like I said, I believe Poole would play better. I feel like he had a really bad game one. You can chuck that to a lot of different things. Three, I don't think I did do think Curry learned his lesson from one. You got to be more mindful of when you take Curry out, even when he's hot. And two, you got to manage that third quarter because he needs to be in and start that fourth quarter. All right, um, that was way more than one point. So let's 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 let me micromanage it. All right, so smart shots by Draymond Green in the offense and better substitutions by the coaching staff. And better played by certain guys. That's what I think the Warriors uh, key. As far as Boston, uh, Tatum will play better in game two. All right? Brown will play better in uh, game two. But take smart shots. Don't settle for threes. You had a lot of open threes, but do not settle. So shot, shot selection is my key for Boston. So my game two pick will be the Warriors. Uh, I don't know the line currently, but I will pick the Warriors to win game two. Okay. Um, I'm also picking the Warriors to win game two. Because I have the Warriors in five, and I'm gonna stick with my pick. I don't think that's happening. I mean, at all. listen, I don't know if it'll happen. That's what I picked before the series. I'm gonna ride with it while it's still alive. That's um, what's up. So now, listen, I do think the Warriors will bounce back. I think Steph. So for me, the Warriors' number one thing, um, Steph's got to go for close to fifty. I think that's what. See, it's I don't think he's got to go close to fifty. But I think he's got to get close to ten assists, and the I other think, guys get involved. I think in game two. Steph's got to go close to 50. And no, see, I, I disagree. Because I think if he does that, and they can kind of wind up in the same situation to where he might gas out or come back down to earth, and then the Celtics make their run again, and then nobody else really had a good rhythm in the game, and then they start to fall apart again. I mean, anything is possible. I think Steph's going to have to go for 50. I just don't. I just think if you tell me that he has to score 50 points from the win the second game of the finals, I think what you really might be saying is Boston might be the better team. I don't know who's the better team yet because I think that comes into play a lot with the ups and downs of winning and losing within a series and ups and downs of playing well. I just think Steph's going to need to go for near 50. Between 40 and 50. For... That's what I think. He's got it. Like Shaq always says, if, what, if you do what you're doing and it doesn't work, you've got to add five to it. Steph went yeah. for about 35. I, I don't think asking a player to score 50 points is sustainable. Hey, Giannis or, had, wait, 
Giannis had to get a couple. Giannis had to get a couple forty-point games in the playoff for his team to win. But Giannis had secondary and third options that were scoring consistently. Okay, so that might. I'm. I'm not saying other things don't have to happen. You said one thing. I'm saying Steph's yeah, gonna I have to go. Yeah, I hear you. That's that's panicky to me. If you say that, then I'm, that makes me almost a one pick Boston. Because that's well, that's that's panicky to me, man. I don't uh, think it, I don't think it's panicky, but for Boston, to me, it's Al Horford, right? Game one was a show me game. Now you showed everybody you're front running now for Finals MVP. I don't need you to duplicate what you did in Game One, but I need you to keep the success close in terms of the numbers. I don't necessarily need uh, the performance of how well he shot from the field of the three-point line, right? But I need you to still hit about three to four threes. I still need you to get me close to that. I need, I need that 15 to 20 point out, you know, in game two. I think Al Horford's the most important player for Boston. Because like I said, I know Tatum's going to do better than what he did. But if Al Horford doesn't get close to the similar, like he has to just have success. And we'll know what it is when we see it. Hmm. All right. So we're going to wrap it up there. We're going to have game. Uh, well, game two is on Sunday. And then we'll come back on Monday for the game two reaction pod. So either two things are going to happen. Either we're right or the Warriors are in some serious trouble. All right. Woo, buddy. All right. Um, like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, hashtag K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R. We'll talk to you on Monday. Y'all enjoy your weekend and be safe. And we out. Peace.